Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Guys, appreciate that. Yeah, I can really relate to what Shaul uh, was saying on the video. When we took a team there uh, a year or three ago, there was also a lot of uh, organized chaos happening. But uh, yeah, it's amazing to see what God did even amongst all of that. I mean, very cool. So um, we. We were cycling through some of these images before. I don't know if you guys were seeing, but some of the... Maybe we should go back a bit and then... Some of the distant places where we've sent teams in the past. Um, and yeah, we, with borders opening up and with traveling becoming easier, we're really excited to be able to send teams again. Um, to you know, to reconnect with some of those missions partners we've been connecting with over many years. So we're really excited about that. And so we, we're really trusting the Lord to even expand for um, what He's done in the past to really to expand on that. Am I doing something wrong? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so this morning, I want to be sharing a little bit around this, and I'm really trusting the Lord to stir our hearts. Amen. Um, okay, so before I get to the first scripture, I'm, I, I have a very important question to ask you this morning. And um, I'm going to ask it a bit later, but it's so important that I'm going to give you the answer before. Just because I'm really, I'm just so keen for everybody to get this right. Okay, is that good? Can we? So the answer is, you need you raise your, your hand. That's the answer to the question. So uh, let's practice. Can we practice? So just raise one hand high. And then, so when I ask the question, later I'll give you a heads up. Oh, this is the answer. Okay, you got it. <laughs> yes, you guys are good. I've done this before. Um, okay, so what, one of the scriptures I like to use when we do marriage prep is uh, right there in Genesis 1. It's the, it's the first commandment, actually. And um, yeah, let's just read it. It's, um, it's there in Genesis 1 from 27. This is the first commandment that God gives. He says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And obviously in a marriage prep context, you know, we... This is, we start with this, where right from the beginning, God gives us this mandate and this command to be fruitful and to multiply and to fill the earth. And uh, some families take it more seriously, 
You know, they have lots of children. And, and, and if you think about it, multiplication means you have to be, become more than you are. It's a saying. So if you are two and you're married, and the Lord talks about multiplication, you know, I'm just saying, maybe that's a word for some couples here this morning. <laughs> but in any case, so obviously in a marriage prep context, we talk about that. But what's so amazing is that there is, in the New Covenant, this is obviously in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, but in the New Covenant, this still stands, I believe. God's still calling us to have dominion. He's still calling us to multiply and fill the earth, have dominion. But in the New Covenant that we have in the, with God and through the blood of Jesus, there's a very powerful dynamic that is added to this command. To be fruitful and to multiply. There's a very powerful spiritual dynamic, and it's not only uh, limited to being fruitful physically and having children and multiplying and filling the earth. But in the new covenant, there's a very powerful dynamic. And you all know it, but I, I don't know if we always think about it like this. But in Afrikaans, we call it skipping's duel. It's your created purpose. Your, the, the reason why God has created us, He makes it clear here right in the beginning, right? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion. But in the New Covenant, this dynamic that is added is very much a spiritual one, and it's not only limited to those that are married and having children, but it talks about us being fruitful spiritually, having children spiritually, multiplying ourselves spiritually, investing and multiplying and becoming more. Okay, And we, we call this dynamic and this a new covenant version of this command. We call it the Great Commission. Amen? And we're just going to read it for us briefly. We all know it. But this is, this is the same thing that God is saying. And this is part of our created purpose. Okay? Jesus came and told His disciples, Matthew 28, I have been given all authority in heaven and the earth. Similarly, God has just created and He says, I'm in charge here. And I'm sending you, in Genesis, I'm sending you to have authority. I'm sending you to have dominion. And similarly, he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And now he's delegating authority. He says, therefore, go. <laughs> Make disciples. Have children in the Spirit. Multipl you know, multiply in the Spirit. Make disciples. You've been made a disciple. Well, now you make a disciple, right? So there's a multiplication. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing him in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. In other words, what you have received, you multiplying to somebody else. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Can you see that this is part of that first, this first command in Genesis? There's a an authority that is delegated, and there's a command and a mandate given to multiply ourselves, to, to take what we have received and to multiply, to make it more, to pass it on. And to, to not only to, yes, in your backyard, in your own city, but it, it, there's this command to go to the ends of the earth, to take this message and this gospel and this mandate to the ends of the earth. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And this is not a foreign thing. This is not a <clears throat> new thing. But it's, it's as if in the midst of this world that we're in at the moment, again, you know, two years ago we were thinking, this is crazy. and It's never been like this before. And it's locked down. There's stuff happening that's unprecedented. 
And now again we find ourselves in a situation where there's stuff happening on the global front that, that has an effect on the whole world. There's got global economic effects. People are being impacted. And uh, it's really... You know, we were chatting the other day, <clears throat> excuse me, about how in the past, you know, you may have heard, you know, back when the Nazis invaded Poland and started thing. maybe, I don't know, how many weeks did it take for the news to come out, or how, how long did it, how many days did it take for guys in America to hear about this, I don't know. But now, the, there's a guy tweeting, as stuff is happening, you know, the, the, the messages are going out, you know, and stuff, is, the information is going out. A friend of mine sent me a video where he was on the border of Ukraine, he lives in Germany, and he just felt God saying, I need to take stuff to the Ukraine supplies and take transport um, um, refugees back. So there's been, he says, it's just queues and queues and queues, 40 kilometers long queues of people taking supplies into the Ukraine, refugees out. And he's sending me the video there from the border. And uh, so it's just a different world that we're in. But I'm, I'm so convicted that in the midst of all of this, it's not like we have to hold back on the Great Commission. It's not. It's the other way around. It feels like in the midst of all of this, we need to press forward with more urgency. <clears throat> because the signs are all around us about what's happening at the end of the age. And so I want us to just, you know, even in the midst of all of this, and we were praying about it before and it came out in intercession earlier, in the midst of all of this, fix our eyes upon Jesus. Fix our eyes upon the author of salvation. Fix our eyes upon the Alpha and the Omega and actually refocus on what is really important. What is really of eternal significance? What is really, what are in our lives is of such significance that it's going to have an eternal impact. And if you look about it, if you look, think around it, there's not a lot. <laughs> we can dilute it, we, cannot, we can make it, you know, bring it down to a couple of things in our lives that, that have an eternal impact. And I would, I would say most of those things, if you, if you ever look at your own life, will involve other people. The relationships that you have, the children that you are raising, the friendships that you are investing in, the things that we do and, and keep ourselves busy with that have eternal impact are always the things that have to do with people and how we are investing and in, how we are loving people, how we are serving people. Those are the things that have an eternal impact. So I'm saying, in amongst, of, amongst this chaos, amongst of all of this, we're not holding, we shouldn't be standing back, we shouldn't be slowing down, we should be saying, Lord, this is more important than ever. The, the, Lord, the world needs Jesus and the saving grace of God more than ever before. Amen. The darkness, and this has been prophesied, that you know, the darkness is increasing. It's covering the, covering the earth, but the glory of the Lord will rise upon it. Amen. So, hallelujah. Let's have a look at a couple of uh, concepts around this briefly, and then we can pray at the end. Okay. Um, so, we see in this commission, in this, in this command, we see there's a blessing and an anointing to multiply. That's part of our created blessing. This is for free, guys. This is something that you receive. 
as part of your created purpose. There's a blessing and an anointing to multiply. And uh, not only just physically, but definitely in a spiritual sense of wealth. God says we've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. So that's what we need, that anointing, that blessing, and that uh, empowerment that we need to multiply ourselves. We have already received it. And, uh, and, he's, and he, this is very much part of why he has put us here on the planet. Okay. All right. Let's read a math, John chapter 5. I was... Um, and I just want to kind of link onto what Gareth was saying before, how they were, they were recognizing that God had already done so much in the lives of those children they were ministering to, and they could add to what God has already been doing. Right? And um, in John chapter 5, we see Jesus, and he says, But Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. And he explained in verse 19, I tell you the truth, the Son cannot do anything, can, can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he's doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works than um, healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. And then, to take it one step further, later on, Jesus tells his disciples, these things you will do, and greater things. So the, the, he says here that he will do greater works, um, Jesus, but then he later he tells his disciples, even the stuff that he was doing, the miracles and the ministry he was doing, that his disciples would do greater things. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Challenging and also inspiring. So he is always working. The Father is always working. He is at work. And this has been so encouraging, and this is something we recognize from time to time, but the Lord is working. He's building His church, um, and He is inviting us to be a part of that. I, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but if you and I decide to walk away from Christ, to not follow Him, and to not walk in our created purpose, He will find somebody else, okay? But it's still going to happen. He's still going to make it come to pass, and he will still build his church. So we have an opportunity to answer that call. We have an invitation to respond to the calling of God, to respond to the stirring of the Holy Spirit. But if we do not respond, he is going to do it anyway. He's going to find another way. Isn't that? It's great news, but it's also a bit daunting that we need to step up and we need to respond to that. I mean, um, he's always working. And Jesus is saying he's doing what the Father is doing. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And that is what he's, he's leading us in. Okay, so how does he do this? How, does he, how is he working? Let's read from this bit here. Um, I don't read the Message Bible often. But I like this scripture in the Message Bible. Only one. But <laughs> it's just too paraphrased for me. But in Ephesians 1 in the Message says this. About Jesus, <clears throat> he is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all of this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world, the world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body, 
in which he speaks and acts, and by which he fills everything with his presence. That is how he works, through his body, through the church. And if you look at the word church here, what is it? It's the, it's called the word ecclesia. It's called the called out assembly or congregation. It's another definition is here is the entire congregation you get this here, of all who are called by and to Christ, who are in fellowship of his salvation. That's the church. All right? So you thought this is the question I'm going to ask you. Hey, who's the church? <laughs> But that's a good one. That's the same answer, right? <laughs> so who's the church? It's us sitting here. It's not the building. It's not the facilities. We are the body of Christ through which he works and acts, through which he speaks and acts, and through which his kingdom is coming. His chosen vessel. We are the church, okay? So this is how he works. And this is how he's still continuing his work. Jesus has not changed his mind. He's still seeking and saving the lost. And he's doing that through his body, the church. He's calling us and he's inviting us to be a part of that. Um, this weekend we were at the, the, call it the papa camp, the daddy and child camp for the school. This is really a highlight for the kids. They love it. And it's absolute chaos. I mean, most of the time, it's, you don't know where the children are. Now and again, I had to go and just check if they are still on the premises, you know. But they're just having a ball. And, um, but I was amazed. And I was really blessed. They asked me to minister to the dads. So that was cool. It was about 500 of us, dads and children. And um, the Lord laid something specific on my heart. And I, I thought, sure, this is maybe not what I would have chosen to talk about, but I'm going to go for it. And it was I was amazed to see how many dads came afterwards and said, this is exactly what they're wrestling with right now. And again, I was aware that he is busy. Amen? He is working in the hearts of men. He's working in the hearts of people around you. He's working in the hearts at your workplace right now. He's working in the hearts of your neighbors right now. But am I, are you and I willing to join in with what he is already doing? And I, I'm maybe getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but the, this is something that we, we often wrestle with. You know, we pray for the harvest. And I remember as a small child, we, there was a bunch of prayers that we used to pray. And I, I, I wasn't saved then, okay? So just take this in context. So we had these little rampies, these little rhymes that we prayed, okay? So it's not a great way to pray. But anyway, so one of the, the rhymes we prayed for, we prayed for the Manopichrens, okay? The guys at the border. Prayed for them every day. I didn't have a clue who these guys were. I didn't know where the border was, but we were praying for those guys at the border, Okay? And we're praying for the guys behind the Iron Curtain. And I'm, I was wondering, where is this curtain? Why is it made of iron? And who are the poor people behind the Iron Curtain? And they, Anyways, we were praying for those people. And we were praying for missionaries. I don't know where the missionaries were, but we were praying for them. But it always was far. The border was far. You know, the Iron Curtain, I don't even know. It was far. You know, and, but... When I look at the scripture, it's not far. 
And, it, you know, we, because of stuff like that, I suppose, and growing up, it feels like, when we're talking about taking the gospel to the ends of the earth, it feels like Jesus is here with me, and I have to take Jesus to the ends of the earth, to those people, because Jesus isn't there yet, okay? He hasn't been, arrived there yet. <laughs> so I have to go and take Jesus there. Um, but we see it, and it's not like that. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Amen. And Jesus is already at the ends of the earth. He's working in the hearts of men. But you and I have the opportunity, the invitation, the created purpose to join in what He is already doing. In your neighbor's heart, in your colleague's heart, but also in the heart of those people at the, at the ends of the earth. The one of the things that astounded me the most going to the east, and uh, well, I was more on India's side, but the guy, even the guys going to the Middle East on mission, how many testimonies we heard. You know, you'd have a conversation with a local pastor, and you asked, but how, do you, how did you do, how did you get into ministry? Because there you're mostly born as a Hindu, you know, so that how does it happen? And, and how out of those handful of people that we worked with, there were a few <laughs> scattered all over India, different people then not related and not knowing of each other, but a few significant number that when you ask them, how did you get born again? They ask, I had a dream. Or I had a vision. Or Jesus appeared to me in the night in person and he spoke to me. Stuff like that. Nobody preached to them. Nobody brought the gospel. Jesus was, appeared to them in a dream saying, you must follow me now. And I'm not saying that means we don't have to do missions. I'm saying Jesus is already at work. Are you and I going to join in what he's already doing? He's already working in your community. He's already working at the school where your children are at. He's already working in your class, on your campus, or in your, in your workplace, in your community. He is at work. And He's waiting for us to join in our prayers, in our intercession, to join into what He is already doing. In our witness, in our speaking with people, in our serving our community, in our sharing His love. He is saying, come, come, yoke with me. My yoke is, is easy, my burden is light, but this is the only yoke that is created for you. This is what is important. This is what's going to have eternal fruit. The other stuff is, some of it is important, but there's so much that we're running after that it's got zero eternal value. I saw this quote, where was it? Very recently, let me read it to you. I think it might be relevant in terms of how busy we are. If you don't have time for the things that matter, Stop doing the things that don't. It's, that's practical. Right? If you don't have time for the things that matter, stop doing the things that don't matter. And in, in the midst of the craziness that we live in, what is it that is really important? And how come we don't have time for the stuff that's really important? If we don't have time, then maybe we should cut out the stuff that is not important. Are you with me? Okay, so he works through his church. He works through his body. He is at work. 
And he's continuing his work. I, want, I need to finish now. Let's, let's quickly look. We're getting to the question. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are, are you, no, no, not yet. <laughs> all right. So uh, this is silly, but I, I just want to make a point here. You've all heard this before. But I just want to quickly check. Are you ready to give the answer? Are you ready now? I want to ask the question now. Okay. Who here is in full-time ministry? Come on. You can do it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's, let's read here in Ephesians 4. Let's see why. <laughs> Sure, we practice so well, guys. Anyway, uh, Ephesians, let me explain myself. Ephesians 4, 11. And now these, Paul writing to the Ephesians. Now these are the gifts Christ give, gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility, this is the responsibility of these guys. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. What is their responsibility? Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Who are God's people? That's the same answer. God's people. God's people, that's it. To equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. The other translations say to do the work of the ministry. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. And it goes on. It's a good point, though. It says we become mature at the end. So you don't become mature before you start the work of the ministry. Okay? You become mature by doing the work of the ministry. So he's saying the pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles are responsible to equip the body of Christ, to equip his people. That's us, God's people, the saints, for the work of the ministry. That means that the work of the ministry is not only reserved for somebody that is in some position where they receive a paycheck by some kind of religious organization. The work of the ministry is for the people of God, for the body of Christ. And, he, and that is our created purpose. Yes, the other stuff is also part of his calling. So you might be called to be a teacher, and that is for sure a calling. Okay? But in that calling of being a teacher, or an engineer, or a mom at home, doing much more than any of us else do, but uh, the calling of that, that calling is in context of this calling. It's not separate or different. Does that make sense? So my calling as an engineer or a teacher or whatever else is where I act out the work of the ministry, where I practically do the work of the ministry that I'm being equipped to do. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, so that's why we're all in a full-time ministry because that is our primary call. So your ministry may look different, different than mine. Your ministry is in your workplace or it's in your community or... Um, wherever you find yourself, that it's just as much ministry than anybody that stands here or in a pulpit or anything else. Amen. It's the work of the ministry that He calls us for. He is building His church. He is at work. Every one of us are called to minister, to be ministers of this gospel um, as our primary call. Okay. 
And finally, I just want to end with this. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We were talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about the impact that it has on our lives, how it changes uh, when we add the, add the purpose of God in with that. Okay? So, in, you know, I'm sure most of us here that have had that experience with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the power of the Spirit, or being baptized with the Spirit, or however you want to call it, you will be able to testify that your life has not been the same. Okay? I remember that of the three or four things in my life that have mostly impacted my relationship with God, the being filled with the Spirit is in the top three or one <laughs> uh, in terms of having in- impacted my relationship with God. All right? So yes, we enjoy the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And yes, it has a massive impact on how we relate to God. And yes, we enjoy the gifts of the Spirit and we enjoy the, the blessing that comes with that. But I want to remind us of what we read a couple of weeks ago in um, Isaiah and in Acts, that the gifts and the anointing of the Holy Spirit are given to us for a very specific purpose. It's not by accident. It's not for our comfort. It's not only for our enjoyment. It's, you know, I just want to quote Isaiah 61. You know, he, spoke, he speaks about, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Right? Then he says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he goes on and he does a whole list of why he has received the, the, the filling of the Spirit. Why he has been anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is, there is a because. Amen? And the because is not for me to have goosebumps and only enjoy the Holy Spirit in my own time. That's great and I must do that. But there's a massive because that has to do with us preaching the gospel. Amen? Okay, let's say, look in the last scripture here in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why? <laughs> and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. He has not left us without what we need. Amen. He is inviting us to be a part of what He's doing. He has already empowered us with His Spirit. He's already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And He's saying, the reason you've received the Holy Spirit is to be witnesses. And you, you've been anointed by the Spirit of God so that you can preach the gospel in all those contexts that He mentions there in Isaiah 61. So my invitation this morning is, how are we going to make that real in our lives in this coming season? All right, We're going to send teams out. We want to send teams to Live Village. We want to partner with Live Lunch Syria on a regular basis. We're still figuring that out. We're kind of trying to liaise with them to see what is the practical need that we can serve in, into on a, on a monthly basis. So we'll keep you up to date. But we want to send teams to Lesotho again. We want to send teams to many of the nations we have sent in the past. Malawi and Zimbabwe, Botswana. We'll see what opens up first and what's the easiest and where can we get into. Um, But I want to invite you to be a part of what God is doing. Not only when we go far, but also when we go close. Not only when we send a team somewhere but also when we talk about how do we reach our neighbor and our community and our colleagues. I mean, it's the same commission. 
It looks a little bit different, but it's the same purpose. I mean, I'm inviting, I'm inviting, be a part of that. And I realize there are constraints. But guys, I've seen moms with babies on their hips preach the gospel. No problems. I've seen parents and I've seen guys in the other last mission I went to. There was a guy in a wheelchair in the sand of the Kalahari. <laughs> it was tough. But he was there doing his thing. And I'm saying if those guys are getting there and if those uh, you know, people that, that we think that there's no way they can go on a mission, but they're doing it, I'm challenged. Like, I, I don't have any of those constraints. My kids are old enough, they can come along. Amen? But there's invitation. And what are we going to do? Are we going to respond to that invitation? So, yes, even... Even if you can't go on every mission trips, and every mission trip, amen, there are opportunities to be involved. There's prayer happening. There's finances that we need to go. There are so many practical things that have to happen. So I want to invite you, be a part of what God is doing, amen. Be a part of the local efforts. Be a part of the, what we're doing in the community. Be a part of we send teams further afield, but be a part of what God is doing. Are you with me? Okay. I want to close here, and uh, I want us to just take a moment to respond what God is, to what God is doing. Um, so, let's see. I want us to, yeah, leave it, just stand. Let's stand. Okay, let's do this. It's going to be a little bit strange. We're going to do it like this. So, if you have been on a mission, whatever, it could have been a weekend outreach, if you've been on one, raise your hand, and then we, the people that haven't been on one are going to come to you, <laughs> and you're going to pray for them. Is that, is that easier? Easier to do like that. <laughs> so, we're going to make a little bit of chaos now. So, the point is, those that have been on mission are going to pray for haven't been. Okay, does that make sense? So maybe you have to spread out a bit. So if you have been on some sort of outreach, put up your hand and people are going to come to you. That's amazing. Eh? Got a bunch of teams here already. Okay, so if you have not been, <laughs> go to somebody that has been, maybe two or three together, and then they're going to pray for you. Okay, let's go. This is not difficult. Go to the people with the raised hands. Okay. They're going to be praying for you. Here's one next to you. It's easy. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to... You can pray, all right. Okay, I'm just going to close the service, and then I want us to pray for those, for each other. All right. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, God, in the name of Jesus. That you have given us a commission and a mandate, Father. We thank you that you have poured out your spirit and your power so that we can take this witness to the ends of the earth, that we can take this message from our own backyard and from our neighbors to the ends of the earth, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We pray this morning that you'd stir in our hearts a love for the lost like never before. I pray that you would do a miracle in our hearts, that we would take our eyes off the stuff that is not important, that keeps us so busy. 
And that we would fix our eyes on what has eternal value, God, in Jesus. And the souls that we need to take with us into eternity. Oh Lord, I pray that you'd move us with compassion like Jesus was moved. He was moved when he looked upon the multitudes. I pray that you'd stir in our own hearts um, that, that compassion for those that do not know you. Those that are lost. Those that do not have a shepherd. God, and I pray you'd do a miracle in our hearts, Lord, that you would deliver us from selfishness, Lord, and you would give us a heart for your people, that we would recognize that your anointing and your blessing is upon us for a purpose, Lord. And Lord, that you would, in our hearts today, be able to say, yes, God, I want to be a part of what you are doing in my own, in my own environment but to the ends of the earth. I say, yes, God, I want to answer to that call. I want to be part of what you're already doing. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you stir in our hearts an urgency. And I pray, Lord, even as we pray now, Lord, you would stir in our hearts a love for the lost and an urgency for what you are doing in, in our nation and across the world, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray in our groups for a couple of minutes. Let's pray for a love for the lost. Let's pray for an urgency. And let's trust God for that. And if, when you finish praying, if you have any other prayer needs, we would love to pray with you. And specifically, if you have not yet come into a relationship with Christ, if you do not know Him, I would love to pray with you. Amen. So let's pray in our groups. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.